friend Pastor Richard Dempsey. How are you doing Richard? I'm glad to be here. It's yeah. great to have uh, time to chat with you. Yeah I'm hoping we're going to record a few different podcasts today but I wanted to start with some fun. Okay. And I, I'm going to play with numbers because uh, I speak recovery. Mm-hmm. You speak God of everything. God of everything. I think you give me too much credit. Well, you speak I, about him all I the time. I speak about Jesus. And I speak about recovery all the yeah. time. So I thought we might have fun with some of the numbers that okay. happen to commingle. Sure. So I am going to throw out a number that I think it is, is an important number. Um, I'm going to pick three of the 12 steps that I think are important, but I'm going to, I'm going to give you some numbers and see if you can come with what you come up with, with, with why they're important also in in God's world. In the biblical context. In God's world. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to throw out the number 12. There's 12 steps in recovery. So I'm throwing out 12. Yeah. So there was 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, and of course then 12 disciples, which carried on that same number of 12. Oh, 12 apostles of Jesus. Okay, yeah, I gotcha. That was a, a norm of the structure and order of things and everything. So, um, and and I don't know, you know the story of the origin of the steps, but I've heard that that was a part of why he chose 12 for the well, steps, right? 12 is, it, the, the original steps came from the Oxford group, and that was a Christian group, um, but they only used seven. Really? Interesting, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Bill wrote it down, there's 12. There's 12, yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard the song Jesus Wept by Sia? Yes, actually I have. Oh, it's one of the most powerful songs. And I love that she wrote in there, Jesus wept as he carried me. And he said that he took 12 steps and carried me for the resurrection. And, and I love that she said for the resurrection of me. Yeah. And I, and I didn't even find out until later that she was in recovery at some point herself and actually... Is continued on the, the battle and the journey of recovery and that. There's a lot of Christian artists that mention the, the steps in their music, which is wonderful. And it can be hidden if you don't know the steps. But when you know the steps mm-hmm. and you're listening, it kind of pops open. Mm-hmm. I think the thing about the 12th step mm-hmm. it is um, having had a spiritual awakening mm-hmm. as a result of these steps. We tried to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all our affairs. I believe that is in keeping with a mindset of sharing the good news and bringing God's world to others, bring, living your life so mm-hmm. that others could see your light, let your light shine. And, you know, for me, the number 12 and the 12 steps is... It's a it's a really powerful thing. I'm grateful that I found them when I was young, well, and I've had a whole life living them. Jim Putman is a pastor who wrote on our character and spiritual development, and one of my favorite quotes from him is he said, there's no such thing as a mature adult in the kingdom of God. He said, because you're either a young adult or you're a parent. Oh, beautiful. If you want to mature, you have to have someone that you're helping, someone that you're reaching out to, someone that you're sharing your faith with and teaching 
Because you never come to mastery at anything if you haven't gotten to the point where you're started to teach it to others. And I think that's, that's both the 12 step and both in Christianity, you see I a agree. lot of people stunted in their, in their spiritual development because they're sitting in the pews, but they're not engaged in building a relationship with Jesus with other people, helping other people succeed. Well, you know, it's funny in 12 step, one of the old sayings is came to get, stayed to give. Mm, yeah. And that's kind of what we're saying, making disciples that make disciples. That's right. Or um, I help you, you help the next one, pass mm. it on. Uh, pass it on is actually a book that is written from the 12 steps and by, by Dr. Bob, one of the founders, um, one of the co-founders of Alcoholics Anonymous. Mm. But it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful thing. The number twelve. Yeah. It has a lot of spiritual meaning. Sure. However you're looking at it, whether you're looking at it from knowing God better or knowing yourself better or serving others better. I mean it just comes. Twelve is a really good number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna throw another number out. Okay. One of my favorite numbers because of the step it has is seven. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about the number seven? Yeah, Anything seven. Your mind? It's actually it was my favorite number because it's like the biblical number. Seven and is the biblical number. Yeah, it's okay. it's considered that the heavenly number, and it's a, the number of completion. And the reason it's the number of completion is because three is represents the Trinity in Scripture, and four represents nature. And so when you have God and nature together, you have completion. Three plus four is seven. That's right. Beautiful. And so those are the two things you need, right? Mm-hmm. You need God and nature. And when you put those things together, you are complete. Let heaven and nature sing. That's yeah. a Christmas song, isn't it's a, it? It's a lucky number whenever you see seven. I don't really believe in luck, but it's it's definitely one of those things. That it's one of the most common numbers sacred in the Bible. Number. It's sacred a sacred number. number. That's well, right. seven days to create the earth. That's right. Seven what days of rest. Uh, seven, um, okay, let me think about the seven. So I'm going to actually go to the cheat sheets here because <laughs> it's got all of them right. The seven churches, seven seals, seven trumpets, oh, all in Revelation. All in Revelation 21. Yeah. And, oh, the one of the ones we actually talked about recently in church is that how many times should I forgive my brother? Seven times, which, again, the complete number of times, right? Seven days of the week. Oh, once every day. Once every day. And Jesus says, no, 77 times seven. Oh, now, there's an interesting theory about this because Cain murdered his brother Abel, and he was worried that someone... You get, can I just say, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. a math geek? Yeah. So 77 times 7 is 7 to the 12th power. I just want to get the oh, 12 back in there. Just so you know. But go ahead. Incorporated the 12. <laughs> so after Cain murdered his brother, he was worried that, that they were gonna, someone was going to get retaliation on him. And God said um, that if anybody retaliates to Cain, it would be paid back to them seven times. So there's a protection against retaliation in that number seven. Uh And then there was another character in the Bible that said, if retaliation of Cain is seven, then mine will be 70 times seven. Mm -hmm. And so that is probably what Jesus was referencing. All that... Like as bad as you can get, you're going to be forgiven. really means is, yeah, right... Is that there's this opposite re- response of retaliation versus forgiveness? Those are completely opposite forces, and Jesus was expressing the damage of retaliation is so significant that the radical nature of forgiveness 
has to be we continually forgive people no matter how much it limitless is, is what 77 okay. times 7 is really meaning just keep it going just keep it going just keep it going there's never too much forgiveness that can take place that's cool well in in 12 step the seventh step is humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings mm. and i think part of the struggle that many people in 12 step have is that they try to remove their own shortcomings yeah. and it's not their job if 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 you're listening to this and you're say you're you're You've been living clean and sober, for example, if that's what you used your 12 steps for, and you're still smoking, and you're beating yourself up for it because you really want to quit that habit um, or that addiction. It, what what the seventh step is, don't beat yourself. Continue to go to your higher power with it. It's Humbly huge. ask him to remove your shortcomings. The shortcomings, that's not my work. That's heavy lifting. And that's that's supernatural lifting, and I need I need supernatural help. It's really kind of a negative thing, and it's not from a great movie, so I don't even say what movie. But there's this self help guru that says, if if you're wondering why you're reading all these self help books and you're still struggling, it's because yourself sucks. Oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, ouch! But there's a certain truth to it that you know that's a, I don't actually think it was Albert Einstein, but it's attributed to Albert Einstein that says. You can't use the same brain to think yourself out of a problem you thought your way into. Right. And so there's a certain aspect of, yeah, we need a power greater than ourselves to come and restore us to sanity. We need to humbly ask God to remove our shortcomings. And you see the same thing in Christianity. You see people trying to will themselves into recovery, and it never works. They try to will themselves into better behavior, and it never works. Yeah. But when they give up, when they, when they die to that thing and give to God that life, then all of a sudden a new life is born. And that new life, they're capable they can, of not they having have that shortcoming. They have a different strength. Yeah. Well, here's an uh, interesting part of, that, of the twelfth step, or of the seventh step, is the first word, humbly. Mm-hmm. And humble, when you're humble, humble doesn't mean you're humiliated. It doesn't mean that you're that people are pointing on you or, or that you're less than or that you're scorned. Yeah. Humble means you know your right size. Mm. And and what that humility, my accurate assessing of my power is what mm. humility is. And when I accurately assess my power against any addiction, I am not strong enough or the addiction wouldn't have overcome me. Mm-hmm. So in humility, I seek a higher power to remove the shortcomings that are troubling me. And so that little word that we skip over on that seventh step, humbly asked him, Mm -hmm. you know, humbly, nobody really breaks that out. There's a lot of talk about letting God remove the shortcomings. There's a lot of talk, is the shortcoming the same as a defect of character? There's a lot of, because that's used in another step. But the reality is that first word is really powerful. Know who you are and get humble. This addiction, this problem is bigger than you, and you need something supernatural to kick its butt. And that's what humility brings us. So much comes down to our posture. Yes, it does. And so you can do the right thing with the wrong posture, and you hurt your back. Yeah. But if you do the, the even some of the wrong things, but with the right posture, you're still safe. Yeah. And that's not true just of physical, of course, but of emotional and spiritual posture. If my posture is one of either 
caving my chest in and shrugging my shoulders and just woe is me. I, my life is so horrible. I'm going to find very little things that I can accomplish. If my, if my posture is my chest boasting up to the skies and everything, again, very little I'm going to accomplish. But if my, my posture is that of praise, where my hands are lifted high and I'm like, God, you got this. It's amazing what happens. I think it's Mother Teresa that said it, but I can't be sure. But she said, prayer is more about the posture of your heart than the posture of your body. Absolutely. Because somebody asked her if they had to kneel to pray because the person had a, had a, a bad knee or something. Mm. And she said, prayer is more about the posture of your heart than the posture of your body. Well, that's good. Okay, I'm going to throw you another number. Okay. I think the next number that I'm going to throw to you is number three. Mm -hmm. Because the third step is the first of the action steps. So I think that's an important step. So I'm going to go with three. I love the third step. The yeah. third step is actually what I say is the improved version of the sinner's prayer. You've heard of the sinner's prayer? What's the pr sinner's prayer? Sinner's prayer is basically where people say, oh, I'm such a bad sinner. Lord, please forgive me. You know, And there's a lot of different versions of it, but that's just the cliff notes versions the turning over your will is more than just recognizing your ill but it's recognizing that my will is best postured to use that word again mm -hmm. in god's hands right that the best thing that i can do with my will is, is to turn it over and have god a power greater than myself be able to restore me to sanity. So made a decision to turn my will and my life over to the care of God as we understood him. That's right. And so three is the number of the Trinity, the okay. Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And so we, we, by the way, made in the image of God, are also three in one, body, soul, and spirit. So that's one of the ways in which we parallel the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is the, the Son is the body, Right? The Father is the soul, and of course the Holy Spirit is the spirit. And I have to say, um, for somebody in recovery, if you try to recover with only one of those natures, physical, we say physical, yeah. mental, spiritual, but it's not really just mental. It's mental embodies your emotions, your will, and, and your mind. Um, but so if you try to recover with just one of those, you won't be successful. You need all three. And people don't use the word, people use the word soul and spirit often interchangeably. Um, soul, and they're not at all the same. Not at that same. Soul is you're referring to your mind and your heart. Your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I, I think emotions could be heart. Some people call yeah. that heart. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And then also the three, there's in the transfiguration, there's Elijah, Moses, and Jesus. Oh, yeah. Which are probably the three most important characters throughout the scripture. Well, you know what's a real fun thing about that mm -hmm. is I think that was a business meeting. Yeah. Yeah, it was right before in the in the records of Christ. It's right before he went to his Passion Week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're and planning so, it out. Yeah, they were. I think it was a business deal. The old covenant was being let go, and the new covenant was on its way. Uh, the two, the prophet and the uh, the prophet and the law. Yep. Was being. They were signing off on it and there. handing it over to Grace. <laughs> well, and I love, too, this illustration where the prophet, which is the future, and the law, which is the past, were there with the present that was Jesus. Yeah. And then when, when 
all of a sudden the cloud lifted, there was only the present. Yeah. It's both the future and the past. And in recovery, we always say, stay where your feet are. Stay in the now. Stay in the now. You can't change the past. You cannot predict the future. No. Stay in the now and get the work done where it counts. That's where... God even called himself I am. He didn't say I was or yeah. I will be. Yeah. He said I am. That's right. So uh, it's it's always now with the higher power. Yeah. Great. So three. And and again, I, I made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. There's a few things in there. First of all, it's making a decision. It's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. You might not feel like it. It doesn't really matter what you feel like. You're making a decision. This is using your will. One of those parts of the uh of the soul Mm. it's using your will to make a decision and you're turning your will which is how you think and your life that's what you do over to the care of god you're not saying i don't ever get to think for myself and i don't ever get to do what i want you're saying i'm going to trust god will help me think right and will help me do right that's all the care it's the care of him it's not the mandate of God. It's not the command of God, you know, mm-hmm. the care of God. Think of what that word means. It just means, it means more of like a Abba Father feeling. Like, yeah. a, come on, come to me if you're burdened and heavy laden. I can help you. I'm going to take care of you kind of thing. And then God, as you understand God, I'm here with Pastor Richard, so we're talking about a Christian God. If you're not there at this point in your walk, don't be there. Start with love. Start with love as your God. Start with with uh, sobriety as your God, as being able to effectively not drink, not drug, not gamble, not overeat, not whatever it is you're struggling with. Start there, but start. Well, and even from my perspective, I would say Christianity has so much connotation, so much their traditions, but Jesus, simply Jesus, is a different story. If you just go to the teachings of Jesus, you know, I have so many friends from different religious backgrounds, and whenever we talk about what Jesus said, it always changes the conversation. You can debate about Christian practices and say this one's good or this one's bad, but when you go back to Jesus, it's all in line, and I'm getting my master's degree in clinical mental health counseling as well, and it's Jesus' teaching is in line with every best practice from a clinical mental health perspective as well. So what you're though what you're describing with if the person is struggling, don't look for religion, look for relationship. There's this wise woman that I know named Beth, <laughs> and she once told me, uh, "Religion is for people that don't want to go to hell. Spirituality is for people that have already been there." Yeah, I've never forgotten it. You well, I years told ago. that to you, but I didn't make it up. It oh is, well, you get the credit. Well, <laughs> you get the credit. The reality is, I don't want religion. I want relationship with my higher power. Absolutely, that's what I want. So make sure your higher power is one with whom you can have relationship. And you know, for example, with me, I can get angry at my higher power. I can express oh, anger. Sure. I can, okay, I'm doing your will, but I'm not happy about it. I can go there, and my higher power loves me through it. The Um, only phrasing that I don't love in that step is the God of my understanding, because I always think it's the God beyond my understanding. I don't perfectly understand my own higher power. But but that's, so that's the benefit of it, because this is, God as you understand him, 
your understanding of God will change as your relationship grows. But For God sure. is unchanging. Yeah. God's always the same. There's another little sneaky place they use that mm. um, in the uh, in the in the book Alcoholics Anonymous, which is pretty much the textbook for anybody who wants to use the 12 steps in mm. their life. Um, yes, it's written for alcoholics, but substitute whatever you're working with in that in mm. that spot. But after you work your fifth step, which is where you admit to God, to yourself, and another human being the exact nature of your wrongs, there's a list of promises that start to come through. Mm. And one of them is, we begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. Mm. Now, Sounds like a simple promise, but listen, that creator was always there. You've just, your understanding has changed so that now you can feel his mm. nearness. It's not that he wasn't near before. Mm -hmm. He was always with you. Yeah. It's only now that you can feel his nearness. I think things like that are hidden in these steps, uh, Richard. They're just a wonderful, wonderful way to know self and God. Any last thoughts on our number game? Well, I think it's a beautiful conversation, and it's always interesting. There's a whole lot here. So this is just the surface-level stuff you can go into, especially with Jewish history and, and the numbers. There's so much depth there. But in the end, the steps don't matter if you don't take them. That's absolutely right. About putting them into practice. Yeah. Thanks for being here, Richard. We're going to do some more podcasts with Pastor Richard. You can listen for them at BethWe.com. It's time to take addiction out of the shadows and shine the encouraging light of recovery on everyone affected. Good Seed Podcast is powered by BethWe.com, a nonprofit ministry based in Vero Beach, Florida. We'll start the uncomfortable conversations that turn despair into hope and complacency into action. Connect, communicate, and thrive with us. Check us out online at BethWE.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk again soon.